0: It's known as the Hall of Faith. Found here in Hebrews chapter 11, it's a list of men and women who did extraordinary things for the sake of God's kingdom. We'll look at them next. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, we welcome you to this Friday broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard takes us back to Hebrews, chapter 11, and we begin by looking at the Hall of Faith, specifically picking up here with the life of Enoch. What was so special about Enoch? Why is he listed in this Hall of Faith? Well, stick around, find out. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: Enoch walked with God, and one day they were walking, and God finally just took him. And took him from this earth, and he went right to heaven without ever dying. An amazing thing. That a man before the flood could walk with God daily by faith. By faith, you can walk and have fellowship with God. The little Sunday school girl was trying to tell the story about Enoch to her parents. And they said, tell us the story. And as she related the story, she said, one day God and Enoch were walking together together. And as they walked, they walked so far that Enoch said, I must go. I've got to go home. And God said, well, we're closer to my house than yours. Come on home. And just translated him just like that. It's an interesting thing that at 65, he fathered a guy by the name of Methuselah. 969 years he will live. And when he dies, the flood comes. McGee often used to say, I think that Enoch begun to walk with God when that baby boy was born. I've heard him say, If a baby can't turn you towards God, there's no need of this skinny preacher trying. Nothing ought to talk to you louder than the children God puts in your arms. I've known many a rowdy who said, I didn't go back to church until I had children because I didn't want them to grow up to be like me. I didn't want them to grow up and do what I did. And so I went back to the church. God, save my boy, save my girl. Don't let them fall into the lifestyle I fell into. And so Enoch, whenever at 65 years of age, he began to walk with God. By the time he was 300 years old, God says, you might as well come on home, Enoch. And he just caught him away. By faith, he walked with God every day. Did you know what the Bible said? Walk by faith with God. Walk in the Spirit with God. Walk in love. We are a people who by faith walk with God daily. We have fellowship with him. And John said that, you have fellowship with God. And Enoch is this great example. But it all came because he simply believed God. Then Noah, oh my, Noah. Can you imagine living next door to a man working on a boat for 120 years? Just like if that was your neighbor. He so said, you know he's had a heat stroke. Something's wrong. We don't even know what rain is. We've never seen rain in our life. What rain? What's rain? And this guy says it's going to rain and it's going to be a flood. What's a flood? Right here, who knows where they were. But, you know, still plush, nice rivers. God watered the earth with dew, no rain. And Noah heard God say, Build an ark. And faith made him say, if God said it, there's going to be a storm. If God said it, I could see 120 years in the future. All I got was a word from God to build an ark. By the way, here's the blueprint. This is how long it's to be, how wide. Uh, all the animals I want to get on board with you. Uh, some animals, seven of some animals... Two ordinarily. Why seven animals? Did you ever think about that? You're going to make a sacrifice when they land. Going to kill off enough. We still need two to keep it going. Now imagine, I can imagine Ham and Japheth and Seth, they've all gone into business and left home. And all of a sudden somebody comes into town and says, there's an old man. Living up here by Eden. And you won't believe what he's doing. They said, yeah, what is it? He's building a boat. Can you believe that? Well, man, guys like to go fishing. No, 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 no. This is a 400-foot boat. It's so wide. Three stories high. He's been working on 120 years. What What was his name? Noah. Well, that's my old man. He said it's going to rain. Yeah. I'm selling my business. I'm going to help him on the ark. If he said it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And a flood's going to come. That won't be a local flood. Had a man fly me over the Rockies. In that area we were right out of Denver. Some of those Rockies, 10,000 feet. 9,000, I'll never forget him saying, we get seashells out of these mountains. We get fish fossils out of these mountains. Now, friend, 10,000 feet deep isn't a local flood. Try that. 10,000 feet, as high as a mountain could get, Himalayas, Rockies, you'll find sea life there. How did that get there came from a flood and Noah worked on it for a hundred and twenty years and guess what the rain came and he and his household were saved and some of us have been preaching the gospel for a long time it's been going out and we've been saying rains not coming but fire is. Fire is going to come on this earth, and according to Peter, in a loud noise, the whole universe is going to melt, and everything men have lusted for, built for, is going to wind up on the giant ash heap, and God's going to ignite it, and only what's been built on Christ will last. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. All of the ground is sinking sand. Well, faith, this biblical faith, lets me be at ease about creation. God, I believe by your description that you made the earth. You said you did. All the stars, the planets. Settle. Settle. I like apologetic books, but you don't have to send me any more. I'm convinced. I believe it. Abel, you are righteous with God, not just over your offering, But God accepts everything about a righteous man when he's walking by faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. Enoch, I want to walk with God. He says, if you live by faith, you can. Noah. I want to work for God. You can if you believe his word. Don't worry. It will happen just like He said. The future is as real as the present for faith has given substance to it and given me a full conviction about what's coming ahead. Not a bunch of babbling politicians that don't know anything. The professional liars many times. I take the word of the living God. And there's three things you need to know about this faith. Three things. Verse 6. Number one. It will be impossible for you to please God if you don't believe him. God can do nothing for you so long as you will not believe him. And treat him as though he's lying or as though he's not to be taken serious. What does it say? Verse 6. And without faith, this kind of faith... It is impossible to please him. Isn't it amazing how many of us, even as Christians, struggle to believe God at times? You can believe him for eternity. You'll fight me all day over the fact you have eternal life and worry yourself sick about tomorrow. Do you know any Christians ever worry? Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Then you just raise your hand. How many of you ever worried? Doubt. Discurry. Where is he? When will it happen? What? Uh, uh. We all battle with it. Don't worry. I take care of sparrows. I take care of flowers. If you'll just put me first and walk by faith, I'll take care of you. Boy, it sounds so easy. But he said, if you don't believe me, You won't have eternal life. And if you refuse to believe me, you'll never experience the kind of life I intend for you to live. Walking by faith. You know, I get tickled with people, especially the planning type. They want me to line out years ahead. Go ahead. I'm walking by faith. You can make a plan. Proverbs says you can make a plan, but commit it to the Lord. And only he can make it come about. We walk by faith. Two, you must believe that he is. How much proof do you need for God's existence? He said, I've given you creation and you can't explain it by natural means. And I wasn't waiting for Charles Darwin to go to the Galapagos Island and figure out these big turtles had to come from some natural process. I told you I created stars, seas, tides. You know, being in Kauai, we were close to the shore, and we just ask ourselves, why? Well, you know, at some nights when I got ready to go to sleep, I thought, what if a tsunami comes in tonight just to go to sleep on it? You know, just to relax, justify the volume. Uh, you know, what if I, well, I, I, I drown. But the other question is, what makes it stay in those boundaries? And then all of a sudden we say, oh, the tide's out. Have you ever asked yourself where all the water went? <laughs> Do they just meet out in the middle and kiss each other? Okay, you figure out tide. Oh, it's out. You go over in the bay, it's just mudflats. Some days you go by there, you just see the mudflats. Well, where'd all the water go? Oh, it's still out there. Well, wait, wait. Did they, is there a address they meet at? He said, I'm going to take it out. Well, when will it ever come back? But if it comes back, what if it doesn't know when to stop? Who tells it to stop? Darwin? Somebody must be on duty. God says it will stop. I will set the boundaries of the ocean. so you just take that for granted, don't you? Go over here to one of the labs. They figured that out. No, they didn't. God set the boundaries. God said you must believe that I am. That the universe is ordered by the word of God. I'm holding everything together. Some have wondered why atoms stay together whenever things about them they want to go apart. And yet Colossians says he holds everything together by the word of his power. He's the binding force. The universe wants to just explode, wants to separate, go apart. And God speaks the word, hold still, Adam. You will explode when I want to destroy all of creation. In the meantime, I will bind you together (laughs) by the power of God. If you've got the God, we believe the Bible reveals, you can believe this and just kind of yawn. I believe it. You're a literalist. Yeah, I am. If he said it, I believe it. Then he says, you must believe not only that if you don't come to him by faith, you can never please him. Do all your religious works you want. Do all the good stuff. If you're not trusting in Christ and trusting in God alone, you can never please him no matter how nice you are. Two, you must believe he's there, that he really exists, that he's not a phantom. And three, you must believe that he will reward anyone who seeks after him. You can never seek God And him not reward you. He's there. And he takes serious. Anybody that seeks him. It's why he said. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He says in Psalms 9.10. A favorite verse. Carol and I often quote each other. He has never. Forsaken those who seek him. Never. I was studying some years ago. In this passage. And I never can look at it anymore without that study and that uh, illuminating time of this verse. And I've read commentators on it, and so many of them don't even touch the rewards, those who seek him. They just kind of they go on. I, I, I looked at about 10 commentaries before this message. They, they never even mentioned the rewarding. But the word rewarding there is a word to pay wages. Uh, he pays a wage, is the idea. No one goes unrewarded who seeks God. Now, God made real to me in my study, and it just came out of nowhere, and I can never talk this verse without going back to that scene. I must tell you, it's about 1950. I'm six years old. I had had a terrible fall, I jumped. When I was two years old, did a serious injury, and I underwent, over the course of the years, six to seven surgeries to correct one childhood jump. And I wound up in crutches and braces on my right leg. My leg was four inches shorter, and, man, had all kinds of problems. And I'm on these crutches and these braces. They were heavy. They were on the outside of my leg had to sleep in a crib when I was young, should have been out of a crib, but they didn't want me to fall out of the bed with all this equipment on me. So I had all kinds of uh, struggles overcoming this fall. And so I'm a kid on crutches and braces for at least two years. Crippled Children's Fund is taking care of me, doing different things. But I would uh, play out front with the kids And I remember when my dad was being let off on Carlson. Carlson is south of Cutting in those days. And he would walk to South 29th Street in Harbor Gate Warhousing, not far from Butler and the Ford plant in the bay. We were down that far. Uh, When we say South Richmond, we mean the next stop is the bay. And my dad was a whistler. And I could often hear him coming. And uh, he was, had this routine of walking on down that street. Sometimes he usually drove to work, but he had a ride with a guy letting him off. He'd be whistling or singing on the way home as Howard's got music from him. And um, I remember I thought one night, I'm going to meet dad at the railroad tracks right next to Harvard Gates School. I was forbidden to cross the tracks because kids had been killed on those tracks. And I was on braces and crutches anyway. I was forbidden. I'd be spanked if I went any further. So I started, when I figured about that time period, I would make the walk. And I'd be at the tracks. And here he'd come, wearing his khakis, buttoned to the top, an old ironworker's hat, and an old metal lunch bucket. He's coming home. He's a whistling. He's doing whatever. And so I'm there at the tracks. And man, he's surprised. And he picks me up, crutches, braces, and all, and hugs on the boy. Why, son, thank you for going out of you. What, what are you doing? Well, I've been watching when you come home. I want to meet you at the tracks. I want to walk home with you. So he reaches in his pocket. And he gives me 10 cents. Now, friend, in 1950, you can get a Coke and a bottle for a nickel. Do I have a witness? And then, with 5 cents left, you could buy enough mint juleps to ruin three sets of tea. <laughs> so you look at us, Howard, we all got lots of dental work because we ate a lot of penny candy. I hit the jackpot. And all I wanted was my dad. Well, the next night, you know, I did good the first night. I might as well try this again. <laughs> the next night I go down there, and I'm waiting for him. Hear that whistle. Comes up. You won't believe it. But he said, son, open, the, open my lunch bucket. I had been climbing steel all day. Working like a horse. And I opened the lunch bucket. And there's a half a piece of pie in there. And I said, Dad, you didn't eat all your lunch. He said, oh, oh, I ate all I wanted. I said, well, what's what's this? He said, that's for you. I was thinking of you today. I thought if you'd be at the tracks, I'd share my lunch with you. I came the next night. He saved me a piece of fruit. Every night I went, and he's on that job, I got something. You know what he's saying? No boy of mine will walk down half a block on his crutches to see his old dad and not be rewarded. Amen. Huh. Now, what God is saying in Hebrews eleven six, you won't ever waste your time seeking this God. He wants to share his lunch with you. He wants to share what he's got. And we flitter around. We flitter here. We go there. We go there. And sometimes we get famished in our soul and we feel hungry and we feel unloved. And he said, I haven't seen yet the tracks lately. We haven't met in prayer, in the Word. What's wrong? Why? Now, now, the mistake we've got today is seek God and you get a brand new car. God knows if you want the lunch bucket or if you want Him. If you want Him, He said, no one will ever want me and not be rewarded. I'll pour more. C.S. Lewis said, take Jesus and God will throw in heaven for free. Take Jesus and he'll throw in heaven for free. Are you walking by faith? Is it a faith that makes you seek God? It's not a faith that I received Jesus and now forgot about it. I can walk off. Oh, no, no. It's I've begun a lifelong showing up. Seek his face. Seek. And I tell you I want things that only he can give and all he says is show up I asked Ron Ritchie one time when he was at Peninsula Bible Church I said how do you explain the book of Acts he was studying the book of Acts and I said well what are you getting out of it now listen to what he said he said only two things in all of the book of Acts and I said what's that he said the formula seems to be show up and Holy Spirit we do the showing up And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. You remember what he told Mary? Mary, I want your body. I'm asking you permission. Since I don't rape. Even though I could speak you out of existence. 14 year old Jewish girl. I want your permission to use your body. I want to bring my son into the world, but I won't do it to a young girl that doesn't give me permission. And she said, I am your servant, Lord. Do as your word is said. Guess what? She could perform the miracle, but she could be available. And all I have said to God this morning, I said, God, I can't do the miracle of what needs to happen in hearts today. But you got my body. And that's what Roman said, give him your body. Yeah. Just yield your body. I want I'm yours, Lord. I want to seek your face because what you've shared in the lunch bucket with me over fifty years has been joy unspeakable and full of glory.
0: And with that we come to the end of our time together here on Truth for Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you as ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org.